Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But just to clarify, Jen, uh, that what you allowed a camera crew in to see the HHS facilities. What we're talking about here are the mm-hmm. border patrol facilities. I, I, there is a law that they, let me just finish, that they are not allowed to be there for more than 72 hours. At this point, in terms of allowing access to border patrol facilities for reporters, you are being less transparent than the Trump administration. I would have just said, you're not seated. And that would have been my right as speaker to do. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks. Oh, man. So we'll start right there. Hello, everybody. Uh... This is, um, this is, if you haven't seen it yet, there was a carjacking of a guy um, last week by two teenage girls, and it resulted in them, the car getting away from them. The girls essentially drove the car. They tried to, one of them in the audio, you can hear them saying, crush him, I think, or something. Um, <clears throat> and car, the guy, they drive, they floored, drive down the street. Crash, the guy is killed. He is a Pakistani um, immigrant who was working for Uber Eats, uh, is seemingly doing the right thing, and he was killed by these two um, teenagers. 13 and 15, young teenagers, too. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's a crazy piece of video. It's not like it's it's violent, horrific, and there's a dead person yeah, in it. If you're so, sensitive, do not watch it. I'm almost yeah. sorry I watched it, to be it's honest. Actually, the it's thing very is, horrifying. though. It, it, it's, it's just stunning because after they crash, the two girls are fine. They they crawl out of the car, and they're looking. The girls looking for a cell phone, just looking for a cell phone. It's remarkable. Um, I do have the audio. Should I play the audio? Sure. So uh, okay, so here's the audio. It starts with the guy recording. The 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 owner of the car is trying to like get back in or take control of mm-hmm. the car in the driver's seat. 
door is open and the girl's in there and you'll 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 hear him. He's saying he's saying so uh, they tased him too. At they the tased him. Okay, of this the, altercation. The, the, yes, that they're that he's calling them thieves. They're thieves. What's going on? Now she started the car. She's revving it. I don't know if they really know how to drive yet. In a second, maybe she puts it in gear. That's a girl. Please, my phone is in there. As she's literally walking by this man that she just killed his body lying on the ground next to her. She's walking yeah. right by and over it to go get her phone, which she left in the car. It's, I mean, I don't, you don't even know where to begin. So I don't even know where to begin with this stuff. It was a vicious, horrific slaughter of this guy. And, um, you know, at one point when they're flooring the car, the guy's the guy's halfway in the car in the car door. The car door is open. Of course it hits a bicycle a bike rack or something, and it just it pinches him in there. Uh, it pinches a t- not a tough enough word, of course. And before the thing rams into wherever it crashed, but um, I, my my thing about this, and there are attempted robberies and murders all the time, mm-hmm. and robbery successful robberies and carjackings and carjackings were mm-hmm. a big thing, a real big thing in the ni- uh, late eighties and early nineties. Um. But the lack of humanity that the mm-hmm. that these two girls show, to me, that is that is remarkable. It reminds me of when I was growing up here. If you were from Massachusetts, you may remember the Rod Matthews case. And this is where a friend went with another friend of his and wanted to know what was what it was like, what it would be like to kill somebody. So he and his friend walked in the woods or something like that. Anyway, he hit him with a ba- beat him Sorry. to death with a baseball bat, and these were teenagers at the time. Maybe they were in the same grade I was, and it was horrific because it, it, what has to be going through your mind if you're as you're beating to death your friend with a baseball bat? The disconnect from any bit of human empathy. Mm-hmm. It's I mean the, that that is truly sadistic textbook yeah. sadism, uh, among other things. And so I don't like. How do you? How is somebody as a teenager in this country already that broken as these two mm-hmm. girls were, as Rod Matthews was? It's astonishing. It's really astonishing. That's what's so shocking about it is just the complete lack of human empathy. And these girls have both now been charged with felony murder, which is. It's kind of a controversial way of charging somebody because I don't know if you're familiar with that, but if somebody dies while you're committing a felony, you can Mm -hmm. be charged with their murder, even if it wasn't, you know, there have been times when people have been charged with felony murder because like a homeowner shoots one of the people burglaring, burglaring, whatever, right? breaking and entering into their house. If the homeowner shoots one of your buddies, then you can be charged with felony murder because somebody died while you were committing a felony. So... It is a little bit controversial, the felony murder charges in general, but I I mean, I don't care what they charge him with, but the the absolutely horrifying lack of humanity of these two girls uh, that is is astonishing. I mean, like anybody I I 
hope and pray that they can find like some kind of rehabilitation of a, a being a human being who can exist in civilization but clearly you aren't uh, currently incapable of being a part of human society yeah i don't know yeah and i don't know how they got that way they're so young now it, of course we had uh two weeks ago or whenever it was now everything's jumbled together mm-hmm. it, it a the murder of eight people, six of whom were Asian, mm-hmm. um, recently, which is which people on the left are doing whatever they can to make sure that's considered a hate crime, an anti-Asian Asian hate crime. I was listening to a a um, an Asian member of Congress today on uh, with Chuck Todd, and she was saying it absolutely was. This guy went to three different places that were largely employed by Asians and this is an absolute hate crime hate crime hate crime um and and there's no proof that that's true she also was saying that she didn't like that the that the local law enforcement was saying that they didn't think it was a hate crime she said because that could taint the jury it's like that could taint the jury you're the one calling it a hate crime right now that could taint the jury right but that's but that's, but beside the point of course we also had the shootings in uh was it Boulder Colorado Boulder mm-hmm. right which was at the supermarket, and how many died there? Ten. Ten died, Ten died including there. a cop who rushed into danger to save other lives. Okay, so now in um, that because that has the element of race in it as well, because that shooter was a um, Syrian immigrant. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, everybody is trying to, and it's loudly on the left, is trying to once again. They wanted that to be a different kind of crime, but it turned mm-hmm. out to be the shooter is Syrian now, and they're backing off a little, you know, now it's become a gun issue, because right. the utility of making it a race issue went away. Right, we and there out. were two more mass shooting events last night that are were trying to be made a gun issue until they weren't, because it turned out that they were just sort of run-of-the-mill um violence surrounding other criminal activity at Virginia Beach they arrested three separate shooters who there was some kind of argument that turned into a physical altercation that turned into a gunfight when a bunch of people pulled guns and started shooting each other including in some cases completely innocent bystanders that was um, seven people injured two people killed there and or maybe that was 10 people injured two people people killed and then seven people were injured in Philadelphia when they were having a 150 person illegal party and um, seven people got shot because there was some kind of somebody had a problem with somebody and it turned into a shooting so right okay so I, I mean as much as we try not all of these things are about race so right so it, it, what the so this the this Pakistani um, a man of Pakistan. He's a Pakistani immigrant. Yeah. Okay, I feel like I'm using a slur. I don't know no. why. It's Pakistani immigrant. Um, the two teenage girls are black girls. Mm-hmm. Which is really beside the point. I don't right. care what color they are. No, I understand. Yeah. I understand. But no. But in 2021, these are mm-hmm. all elements that we're told. Remember. Are important. Yes, We're supposed to your look at identity. Race. Yes, exactly. I've learned it from Muppets, and I learned it from uh, politicians mm-hmm. and media people everywhere that race is of the utmost importance. Right. I certainly think that had those two girls been white, 
there would be people who would be making it about race. You're damn right. Because School Pakistanis be are in tomorrow. AAPI under the umbrella of Asian American and Pacific Islander um, people in the United States. And um, it absolutely would be people would be asking if it was a hate crime. I don't think race had anything to do with this. I think this was two people who obviously this is about were money. failed by society mm-hmm. in growing a some basic decency and right and you know we don't know even if these girls needed money right <laughs> you know it, or if it was a joyride thing or what it was who knows what it, i mean we don't we don't know enough to say right now what's right. going on um but conveniently perfectly time perfectly timed mayor muriel bowser uh, a few days after this happened in her city had some great advice out for us today i would hope and assume this is a scheduled tweet, but her social media people need to think harder and pay attention to what they're putting out there because um, she put out, Mayor Muriel Bowser of D.C., the city where this occurred, put out a tweet that said, auto theft is a crime of opportunity. Follow these (laughs) steps to reduce the risk of your vehicle becoming a target. Oh, thank you. Maybe, you know, maybe, I guess, is she trying to say he should have thought about that before he uh, put himself at risk in this way? Remember yeah. the motto, protect your auto. So she says, there's a little video here, um, you know, with little music. And it says, park in a safe spot. Don't leave your keys in the car. Lock your car. Don't leave it running. Make sure that, you know, you never leave your vehicle accessible to other people. You know, so And, and stay alert. Pay attention to your yeah. surroundings. So thank you. So maybe if we just all followed those. So my guess is probably that the reason she had a scheduled tweet like this is... Um, along with the uptick in all violent crime that we're, we've seen over the last year, we are I'm sure that carjackings are one piece of that that is probably also a problem yeah. in urban areas right now. And so, you know, but I, you know, I challenge anybody you know what? to in, imagine in any time in any time that's a little preemptive victim blaming. Yeah. You know? I mean, imagine if you Don't made a video like skirts, that about please, rape. Guys, exactly. come on, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. So, but she's an idiot. So, okay. So, but that, this was especially badly timed, and whoever yeah. is running her social media account should have, uh, you know, after this video was out there over the last couple days of of this absolutely horrific crime, uh, should probably have spaced that one out and put it at a mm-hmm. different time because it really, whoo, after after seeing that video and then her putting out this video, it is. Uh, what are we calling it now? Tone deaf, mm-hmm. I would say. So, all right. So let's let's get away from that to to our normal, um, barely palatable, um, craven topics. But before we do that, Alice, I wanted to say that you look lovely. That is, a, that's not a color I love generally, but I love that on you. You look beautiful. Thank you, thank you. This was a gift. Gift from our friend Cal. Who we saw yesterday. Who we saw yesterday. And uh, Jason, who we saw yesterday, who we had a great time with. Wasn't it mm-hmm. nice going out with friends to a restaurant? Yes, it was great. It was great. Oh, the, by the way, it's the Rusty Can we went to. And mm-hmm. this is, I think it's the best food that I have ever had. Once mm-hmm. again, yesterday, I thought that was perfect. Perfect. And we did something yesterday that I've never done before, that I never thought of doing. And this Are you is, about to incriminate yourself here? Yes, I am. And this is this is um, this is unbeknownst to anybody. That this is Jason int- introduced me to the this idea of this is that we tailgated before we went. <clears throat> there was a bit of a wait the at the restaurant, so we, we you know we parked the car somewhere and we tailgated uh, for a while, 
And uh, that's a great idea. As long as nobody's drunk or is a designating driver, why wouldn't adults? I mean, I can't because I have to lose weight and I can't just be drinking all the time. But but what a great idea. Mm-hmm. My goodness. How fun. And I, I think we only had one beer. I don't even finish it one beer. But it was the idea that we're in a public parking lot doing mm-hmm. that. You know, you, you can't even tailgate at BC games before BC games. Right. It was like really fun. Actually, one of the things I really hope stays around after COVID is, um, well, obviously working from home too, I think is great. Mm. But I also think that the loosening of some of these restrictions in states like Massachusetts around like alcohol and restaurants mm. being able to serve and deliver alcohol in more contexts and things, I think that would be really good. I mean, other states have that. I remember the first time I went to Chicago, I was shocked because I was out in like Millennium Park or whatever that mm-hmm. is. And there was like a concert outside and people were like drinking on picnic blankets. Oh, yeah. Chicago's and great like, for block oh, parties. And t- yeah, other I- people are allowed to like have fun and be adults. This is incredible. <laughs> like Massachusetts doesn't allow that. So, so- Yes, and actually yesterday was even more of a magic day, Alice, because mm-hmm. as I was driving around, mm-hmm. I had to drive around because, oh, that's right, because a person who I'm not going to name maybe fatally injured my uh, cayenne pepper plant, which is one of my, I only have few things in the world to give me joy, and that's <laughs> one of them. I'm trying to and resuscitate course, the cayenne yes, pepper plant. Of course, plant. our three-year-old just ripped it out of the thing and threw it down, cast it down on the ground, because I'm not going to go into it, but so... So then I had to go out and I had to go out and have some me time after that because I was very upset. And as I was driving down the Merrimack River towards Newburyport, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. I saw a boat, a, a a boat that I had recognized called the New Boston, and I recognized it from 25, 30 years ago, being a. I was pretty sure it was a boat that my friend, good friend Keith, who I grew up with, mm-hmm. was uh, one of the captains of. And these boats don't usually come up the Merrimack River. And yes, my, not only did Keith work on it, but John, who listens, who's our friend, mm-hmm. who I won't give out your Twitter, John, unless you want me to, and I'll do it next time, uh, also worked on. This is a boat that, speaking of drinking, that when I was in my early 20s, Keith, as the captain, I don't think he can lose a license anymore, let me d- <laughs> drive this thing around Boston Harbor. We had to follow the cruise. It was a booze cruise boat. We had to mm-hmm. follow the, the route. But I probably shouldn't have been driving, but I was happy to, and I was—I uh, had enjoyed a tailgating on that boat, I would say as well. So this, so for some reason now, this—it it, it looks like it's a little beat up the boat, but it made its way up the Merrimack River. They opened a couple of bridges. We followed with the kids, and that later on. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so it was just interesting to see. I don't know where it's going. I hope it becomes a restaurant or something. I'm all, all yeah, for gimmicky But they stuff. were like spraying hoses and they had yes. the flag out and they were beeping at people they were that turning, they could People see. were watching like, them all really around the cool. river. And this is the kind of thing that would have happened like 130 years ago with a steamship. Mm-hmm. People would have been wow, look, there's a new steamship. Yeah, because there used to be like ferries going yes. up and down the river, right? It was really cool. Very so cool. we Yes, so that was a great day. And of course, the barbecue at the uh, Rusty Can was wonderful. Seeing our friends. Jason got to see the studio. Mm-hmm. They liked it. Uh, we're trying to get everybody to move up here um, to uh, Saturn, where we are, because we moved away from um, Boston quite mm-hmm. a bit ago. But um, in, in, you know what? What? Although all the kids had masks, once we sat down inside, we didn't have to have masks. Mm-hmm. Dr. Fauci is not pleased. Yeah, they're from two separate households, even. Yes. Dr. Fauci is not pleased whatsoever about this mask situation. He was on one of the morning shows today. 
to uh, spot off. So if parents are vaccinated, they still do need to be concerned about their unvaccinated children playing together in groups. Hold on. Oh, yeah, we saw a toast, too. So as we're speeding <laughs> down our driveway to try to because I, I, I wanted to catch the boat before mm-hmm. it hit the drawbridge quickly. So I had to fly down the, in the, the street here, get the kids in the car with, with my wife, jumped in the car. We start I hit the gas. We go down our driveway and Toast Cat, who you'll see uh, if you're on Twitter, <laughs> who's our friend and listens and is, is uh, very cool as well. Mm-hmm. We almost, uh, you know, I almost ran her over at the bottom of our driveway. And then we had to get the hell out of there. She's like, oh, hi, or whatever. And I'm like, oh, we got to go. We got to go. And we're like, we're like, be, unless we're like the police were after us, there's no reason to be that frantic. So Toast, if, you, if you're listening... You know that we just had to catch the boat before it went through the thing. Mm-hmm. All right, back to Fauci, uh, and you know what he's going to say here. Is that right? Toastcat would be somebody who would tailgate with us, I bet. Mm-hmm. Her and Archie? You I think? bet. I bet. Okay, here we go. Now back to Fauci. Doesn't matter, because you know what he's going to say. <laughs> what he always says. Well, that's why I don't know why they set up the questions like this, why they ask, like, so can you tell us, should we be worried about kids spreading? Should we? Oh, he loves that. <laughs> he loves that teed up just like that. Yeah, the children can clearly wind up getting infected. When we talk about what you can do when you're vaccinated, you can certainly have members of a family if the adults are vaccinated and you're in the home with your child. You don't need to wear a mask and you can have physical contact. When the children go out into the community, You want them to continue to wear masks when they're interacting with groups from multiple households. God, shut up. Enough of you, you twerp. Enough of you. It's really like the kids. Oh, by the way, Mm -hmm. who got her Fauci-ouchie today? I got my Fauci-ouchie today, honey, my Trump shot. I don't know Uh, how. I mean, you're like 25 and uh, I'm a retail worker. Oh, because of the warehouse? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, good for you. So Fauci says, uh, you know, kids have to wear a mask. And, and unfortunately, there are people in this country who actually believe it and are, and are going to be doing it. Parents are going to ma- be making their kids make sure you put masks on. Got enough. It's over. This was not a mask disease, okay? We've mm-hmm. been Fauci and his team of geniuses, who, by the way, are on a new uh, CNN show, uh, have been following behind of the peaks and valleys of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and kids aren't... Kids are fundamentally not at risk from this illness. So if the adults in the kids' lives are not at risk because they've been vaccinated or because they've decided to just accept the risk, they don't have other comorbidities or whatever, mm-hmm. then then the kids really don't need to be vaccinated. Because for the most part, it's been kids have been getting it from adults who are around them. I haven't really heard of any cases where it's like kids infecting other people in the household. They just don't seem to get it. Um, badly enough where they have enough of the virus that they're spraying out there at people that it tends to pretty much be, um, you know, they'll pick up a case from their parent having it and coughing on them, but not really vice versa. So so at this point, what is more deadly for kids, the coronavirus or the influenza? Oh, flu is way deadlier for kids. Well, way, way, so, way deadlier for kids. So we know the inevitable is going to happen. Right. What the inevitable is going to be, there are going to be people who are going to want kids to just wear masks all in the time forever. In certain three foot five, um, $400,000 salaried uh, <laughs> TV stars are going to tell us that that's a good idea. That yes, indeed, I recommend it. I mean, I just, I'm never going to send my kids 
to a public school again if the public schools are going to require masks every flu season. I think it's ridiculous and it, insane. It's going to be from so- healthy people, even Asian countries where masks are the norm. Um, generally speaking, it's like people who are sick who wear masks, not just everybody. You don't look at Asian well, countries. Well, Alice, clear your schedule tonight. There's a uh, <sighs> special that we're going to be watching. Hi, Sanjay. In an unprecedented event, the leaders of the war on COVID break their silence. Get a hold of yourself, CNN. Okay. Okay. It's a little rich. Okay. <laughs> you got the big voice on there. You know, calm down. Fauci's finally going to break his silence. I can't honey. wait to see what he sounds like. I can't <laughs> imagine. Fauci and and uh, the rest of them. Awesome. Welcome them. Invite them to eat something, and we will be down in a few minutes. Our, it is our three-year-old's, uh, who I do not talk, speak of anymore. Uh, it's his birthday. It's his He's birthday. officially turning three, actually tomorrow, but we are getting together with the cousins to... Yes. So anyway, the oh. CNN Fauci special starts. What they saw. That was a line in the sand for me. What they believed. I could use the word cover-up. Were you threatened? And what's next? I could use the word cover up. Were you threatened? Pause, pause, pause. God, get over yourself, CNN. Shut up. The last I can't thing believe I ever Fauci's to... been silenced this whole year. Can you? Well, well what, what CNN's doing is is just reincarnating President Trump. Right. You know, because ratings have slipped, so they now need mm-hmm. to conjure him back up and have him there so that they can get those ratings ba- right. back. Everybody's doing it. It's not just CNN. Although they're the most, you know, the most shameless at it. Uh, all right, Alice. So we have relatives downstairs, but you want we're we'll gonna take f- another twenty minutes. And we're we'll gonna take another twenty. Yeah. We're gonna we're, we're gonna fine. Finish. I warned them. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad people get to 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 know their trials mm-hmm. and tribulations. By the way, thank you for reading and subscribing to my Substack, TomShaddock.substack.com. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Mm-hmm. That's great. I appreciate it. Um, I'm having fun writing it. I can't. I thought I was dreading at first. I thought that it could be a chance that. That it could be a, that uh, you know, some I've been writing editorials for for so long now that I thought it would be a heavy lift, but it reminds me of column writing that I did previous to that, mm-hmm. where it was really fun. The war on mac and cheese, right? Well, <laughs> Michelle Obama's war on mac and cheese. Yeah, where you oh, called her I, the Camembert cop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So that for, was specifically for, Alice. That was specifically a tabloid hit. Like, that was a tabloid. You know, if but, it, uh, I don't okay. know if I'm going to be using uh, okay. tree, cheese uh, illusions. So, but anyway, for uh, genius takes like that, you can uh, find him at tomshaddock.substack.com. Right now, you can. He's doing the first two weeks. All of his opinion pieces are free for the first two weeks, and then it's going to be. There's always going to be at least one a week that's free, continuing on. So you can sign up for free, you know. And if you like it, you can try. There is like a paid subscription, but it's pretty. I made it as inexpensive as it would let us make it, so it's like five bucks a month or like thirty nine dollars a year. So it's pretty affordable, and then you get additional. Um, columns a week after these first two weeks so check it out see if you like it right now you can see it all for free and um and see what you think about that if you enjoy tom on this you might enjoy him there as well all right uh mileage tax attacks is coming alice pete Buttigieg, the mm-hmm. secretary of transportation for some reason 
What about a mileage-based tax? So I think that shows a lot of promise. If, if we believe in that so-called user-pays principle, the idea that part of how we pay for roads is you pay based on how much you drive, uh, the gas tax used to be the obvious way to do it. It's not anymore. So a so-called vehicle miles traveled tax or mileage tax, whatever you want to call it, could be a way to do it. Great. Went over well in France uh, a couple of years ago. To tax um, commerce, or is um, it used to work? He says gasoline, but then unfortunately, cars started getting better mileage, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and unfortunately, we can't stick it to people at the pump. But yeah, this- it's it's counterproductive. Who knew that if you keep taxing something, people find ways to use less of it? I mean, I don't know that anybody was aware of that concept until. <laughs> until just now because not like it's a fundamental economic principle or anything that as prices go up people consume less of something right go ahead Uh, talk a little bit more about um, mileage tax i'm gonna text your brother so he knows i'm up but yeah that's another um that's another way that they're thinking of getting you because they first they thought maybe we'll uh tack it to inflation but then people keep using less gas people are getting electric vehicles so you need to find a way to stick it to the electric vehicle owners too i remember a few years ago there were states that were trying to like put on a fee for electric vehicles because they were using the roads and not using any and not paying for them through the gas tax so yeah they want to find a way to get you whichever way they can they want to make sure that they can come after you and and tax you um another uh place they're trying to get taxes elizabeth warren is after amazon that Mm. they don't pay enough taxes so and we talked about it a little bit the other day they went after bernie sanders over the unionizing thing on Twitter, but now they're go- they've been going after Elizabeth Warren on Twitter. You don't usually see this, uh, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's funny actually that they're uh, in actual like Twitter beef fights with elected officials. But um, so she had tweeted a few days ago: giant corporations like Amazon report huge profits to their shareholders, but they exploit loopholes and tax havens to play close to nothing in taxes. That's just not right, and it's why I'll be introducing a bill to make the most profitable companies pay a fair share. Amazon News tweeted back, you make the tax laws, Senator Warren. We just follow them. If you don't like the laws you've created, by all means, change them. Here are the facts. Amazon has paid billions of dollars in corporate taxes over the past few years alone. In 2020, we had another $1.7 billion in federal tax expense, and that's on top of the $18 billion we generated in sales taxes for states and localities in the U.S. Congress designed tax laws to encourage investment in the economy. So what what have we done about that? $350 billion in investment since 2010 and 400,000 new U.S. jobs last year alone. And while you're working on changing the tax code, can we please raise the federal minimum wage to $15? Now that I don't like because that's an anti-competition thing. Amazon can afford to pay $15 an hour. Little guys like mom and pop shops cannot. Right. But um, so then she tweeted back, I didn't write the loopholes you exploit, Amazon. Your armies of lawyers and lobbyists did. But you bet I'll fight to make you pay your fair share. And I fight your union busting and fight to break up big tech so you're not powerful enough to heckle senators with snotty tweets. Heckle senators. With- Isn't, doesn't that just like... I By mean, the way, she was say- once one of the armies of lawyers... Uh, yeah, and lobbyists and whatever. So she's, yeah, that's fine. But also, like, who says that the reason, I mean, I am I think big tech is too powerful, sure. But I don't think that the reason we should break up big tech is so that they aren't powerful enough to criticize senators. 
People at big tech companies should be able to criticize elected officials just like everybody else. This is America. Grow a pair. You decided to be a senator. And Absolutely. If they want to yell at you, that's fine. So they tweeted back then, this is extraordinary and revealing. One of the most powerful politicians in the United States just said she's going to break up an American company so they can't criticize her anymore. So I like this trend of the of uh, legislation being yelled about on Twitter. I'm all for great. it. I'm all for yelling. Um, there. Um, although when you lose your bleep, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. In Ted Lieu, in this exchange, this is a congressional hearing. Ted Lieu and Peter uh, Kirsenow about um, uh, violence against Asians, essentially, uh, or discrimination against Asians. Ted Lieu is Asian. Um, and he just listened to his tone. This is going to start with the other guy, uh, Kirsenow. Was it Kirsenow? Kirsenow, yes. Talking first. And then Ted Lieu does not like the way the answer is going. Thank you, Congressman, for the opportunity to respond. I agree with you entirely that if there is discrimination, it's against Asian Americans. In fact, just yesterday or the day before yesterday, I filed a brief in the Students for Fair, Fair Admissions against Harvard case in the Supreme Court. Stop bringing in irrelevant issues. There are more Asian Americans at these Ivy Leagues. Underrepresented. These are different issues happening. Calm the frig down. Okay, Ted. This guy tries to work through and tries to have this conversation. Just answer my question about Asian Americans in the federal judiciary or minorities in the federal judiciary. Yeah, this is about there being it's 75% or mm-hmm. more white men in the federal or white people in the federal judiciary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as you can tell, Ted Lieu lost it right there. Because it is underrepresented. It is underrepresented. This is not what the hearing's about. Underrepresented, definitely underrepresented based on the fact that there's been discrimination in the pipeline that we've been talking about. Profound discrimination against Asian Americans. Without question, profound discrimination. It's one of the reasons why I indicated before we have an erosion in confidence in the institution. Right. In the pipeline, in other words, the college pipeline as well. If you're Mm -hmm. excluding Asians from these uh, Ivy League and better colleges, then you're going to have less credentialed, fewer credentialed Asians and that it's affecting these numbers is what the guy is trying to say. He's trying yeah. to play Ted's game here. Mm-hmm. He's trying to work with him. But for some reason, I'm not sure exactly why, Ted Lou gets furious when it comes to the colleges. Because the perception by the public is we are making determinations on the basis of race. One of the most baleful and anathema considerations we have in the United States of America because of history is precisely why I say we must avoid at all costs the perception that decisions are being made on the basis of race. And when you look at the correlative with how decision-making is being made in the admissions process, Uh-oh. it appears as if decisions in large part are being based We're on We're not talking about admissions process. We're talking about the federal judiciary. The fact that it's 73% white and male means decisions were being made on the race of the applicant. And that is simply a fact because it not statistically would not have come out as 73% white and male. And the reason statistically it wouldn't have. There's an inequity there. The only possible reason can be racism. Well, it could be the pipeline that starts. No, just say it's racism. Ted, calm the hell down. He reminds me of. I went to uh, junior high. There was we had in junior high. Okay, ready. The first day of school. Actually, I mentioned Keith already. Mm-hmm. Who used to drive the boat? Who's still mm-hmm. my friend? The first day of school in seventh grade in home ec, home economics, mm-hmm. which I. I can't imagine it's taught anymore. Oh no, um, not. 
we were having like our orientation, and mm-hmm. my friend Keith. Why were you in home economics? We had to take it. I actually Not shop class. Didn't it always? Just, uh, me? I mean, jun- I don't know. I didn't have either, so I don't this know. This is junior but... high school, so, th- so... Th- th- there was no shop class in junior high school. Oh, that came in high school, and I didn't take that. Um, but um, so we had home economics. We also had uh, uh, typing t- with the typewriter. Home row might mm-hmm. have been the same teacher actually. Um, so the first day of school, mm-hmm. m- m- Keith sees some kid sitting over there, goes and gives him a Charlie horse, punches him in the in the leg. Keith had a really strong leg punch. Okay. The kid is startled by it, loses his stuff, explodes, shouting, shouting, and shouting, then turned to crying. Maybe you should remember that. Isn't Keith's dad a listener, by the way? Yeah. Oh, he <laughs> might be proud of him for it. It was a really good punch. Okay. So, so, so this kid, I don't want to mm-hmm. say his name, because actually I, he's back in... He loses his bleep, starts to shout like Ted Lou is shouting, and the shouting turns to crying. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's the first day of seventh grade. So this is like 1986, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm 85, I don't know. That kid had to leave the room and go to the principal office or whatever. We never saw him again. That was it. He got Charlie Horst out of the school system. And it wasn't the power of the punch, because we were hitting everybody. All the boy, jerk boys were hitting each other, mm-hmm. you know. But this kid's outburst in reaction to it was so horrific that he was just gone. He uh, he was too mortified he imploded to ever face again? He was, yes, he was too mortified. And because, you you know, you saw, you, you look infantile when you explode like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you have a very vicious temper when you explode on me. So if he was, but no, but you look infantile when you're having... You know, I mean, I mm-hmm. would never, obviously, uh, you know, be <laughs> so. So anyway, so that's what Ted Lou did. He's a jerk. So let's go over so, to. But wait, because I want to say one more thing on this point of the of the colleges discriminating is that um, this the left doesn't like this narrative. But this is absolutely something real that's going on is that uh, part of what's happening with this critical race theory stuff and this the way that they're treating the diversity stuff right now um where we ignore any kind of merit-based anything if it doesn't result in a diverse diverse enough outcome um this is affecting asian americans a lot and uh one of the places where it's doing it is there's a school in fairfax county virginia a high school called Thomas Jefferson High School. It's a mm-hmm. like science high school. And it's always been, it's like always ranked number one in the country for high schools. It's so elite. It's an exam school. Um, and, and the students there just do phenomenally well. So, but there's too many Asians there. So they're getting rid of the exam and they're doing a lottery. Right. So it was like 70% or something. It was like way it was a high percent, really high of Asians. Mm-hmm. So that's now that's inequity in 2021. You can't have that because a great uh, awakening or whatever yeah, so it was the, happening. The, so the parent groups are suing now. Good um, for them because they're saying this is a policy that is transparently aimed at getting fewer people who look like our families at this school. And you know, uh, the left wants to go down the stop Asian hate route. This is absolutely a problem where. Um, Asians are completely being discriminated against and nobody can make a case otherwise. It's just, it, that's what's happening is that the school district thinks there are too many Asians at the school and they want to fix it by putting a policy in place. And I don't see how anybody can look at that and see anything different. 
So, um, yeah, that's, uh, it's, that's like one of the places where you can see the most, uh, racism against Asians. Um, where uh, we've also been hearing a lot about the new bill Georgia passed, which is also we're being yes. told it's, it makes Jim Crow look like an well, Jim Eagle. Let me give, this is some okay, non-biased, nuanced, okay. um, totally neutral, um, analysis by Joy Reid. Let, let, let's just be clear for everybody who's watching this right now. What Republicans are saying is they're going to make it torture for you to vote in line by having fewer machines beat up. Ma- torture for you to mm-hmm. vote in line. Machines, places where it, in urban centers, places where black folks live, suburbs where black people live, make it ho- impossible or torture for you to vote in line. Torture. And then they're going to make it impossible for you to vote by mail. They're going to lock off every way that you can vote. And then even if you survive all of those restrictions and you finally get your vote in then they're going to say ways out we're just not going to count what you did because we don't like who you voted for so we're just going to is ways out a thing i don't know should we start saying that i don't know ways out to give it to the other guy this is the end of democracy in america (laughs) this is the beginning of the south the south africa strategy this is minority rule this is saying we will rule over the objections of the majority of the american people this is the most serious thing that we've seen happen since the january 6th siege it's another kind of siege it is absolutely bizarre and it is uh i will say it's un-american it's probably kind of in a way (laughs) it's it's old school american it's jim crow american so i want to talk about this because um, I had a really hard time finding real information on yes. this bill. Actually, I mean, I didn't honestly want to read the whole bill myself, uh, but finding like an honest breakdown of what it does, and you know, in particular, the we've been told that it's Jim Crow, but the only real um objection that I've actually heard raised to it is that it bans people from giving someone water in line while right. voting on a hot day, while somebody could collapse just trying to vote. Right. And it makes it illegal to give them water. So that is uh, not true. What the bill does is it uh, enacts a measure. which Well, it is true. Well, mm, let me get to the point. This is is, um, a copy of a law that is on the books in many other states, including like New York, which is liberal, in which you're not allowed to do electioneering. So if you look at the whole paragraph that that sentence is in, it says you're not allowed to do anything to try and influence pepper. No. Okay. Um, the vote of somebody who's standing in line or trying to go vote, mm-hmm. just like you're not allowed to hold signs within in Massachusetts, it's 100 right. yards of the door. You're not allowed to go in your you know, Warren for President t-shirt and hand out water bottles that say Warren for President on them to people in the line. You can order food in the line. Uh, Food can be delivered in the line. Your friend can drop you off food. You can bring food and water with you. There's no rules against that. What it's a rule against is people from campaigns trying to influence people's votes by giving them stuff in line, including food and water. You know, you're not supposed to be handing out little obama cookies to people waiting in line that's what it's right. saying so and so this was happening in georgia even in december on mm-hmm. the lead up to the uh to the election the special election runoff right. brian camp called it line warming 
Right. So they were going up with water, sometimes with pizza, etc., mm-hmm. and lobbying voters and telling them why. Right. And they'll do it in clever ways. You know, mm-hmm. Proposition Three is is really means a lot to me because this, 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 this. Here's a water. Mm-hmm. Do you like the water? And that absolutely should be illegal, and it's illegal in a lot of states. And you know, and they can even you can if you want to give the people in line food out of the goodness of your mm-hmm. heart, you can give it to the election workers. And they can give it to the people in the line, the people who are working at the polling place. You just can't, from the campaign, go and start giving stuff to people while they're waiting to vote. Yes. That's what's illegal, and that should be illegal. I don't understand what the controversy is, but more than that, here's other things that this bill does. It shortens voting times by adding more precincts and more polling locations. The state has a goal of not having any wait time be more than an hour. If you don't have a driver's license to request an absentee ballot, the state will issue you a free ID card. And if you still don't have that, there are other ways online to provide different forms of identification. If you're in jail and you're eligible to vote, you'll be granted access to apply for and vote absentee. Um, The drop boxes that were set up during the pandemic are now a permanent feature of the state. They had never had those before. And you'll be able to walk up to the drop box and place your absentee ballot inside of a safe container. Well, I think some of them are being removed. Redundant ones are being removed. Right. So so this was a new thing. Using that as a Hey, right, because this was a COVID thing. This was a COVID thing that they did just because of COVID was have all these drop boxes. Now, in a normal year, they're not going to need as many. So they've reduced the number, but they're having them now permanently, which they never had in the past. Um, So the signature matching isn't going to be a thing anymore because that was too subjective. You're going to put your driver's license or state ID number on the envelope. And if you don't have either, you can put down the last four digits of your social security number to prove that it's you. Um, They have extended early voting times and made early voting times uniform across the state and also adds in new extra and optional early voting days. Um, And so, I mean, that's... Like, you can go look through the whole bill if you want, but this um, breakdown that I found of what it does with direct quotes from the bill for to back up all of them is, uh, I think, a, a good description of what the left is calling Jim Crow, which it seems to me is absolutely one of the most insane characterizations of this bill that I've ever heard. I mean... The behavior by the left is so egregious that in terms of, you know, characterizing what their opponents are doing that, I mean, I don't see how they can be trusted anymore to have any credibility on these issues. I mean, and the, and they're passing their insane election law trying at a federal level to make it so that states can't even pass these laws on their own and run their own elections. Mm-hmm. You know, I might not like the way some of these states voted in the 2020 election, but states run elections they get to run them they get to certify them i'm not sure that's so true alice the speaker Mm. of the house uh, suggested she gets to decide who gets to sit in congress well and we want to be fair now if i wanted to be unfair i wouldn't have seated the the republican from iowa because that was my right on the opening day i would have just said they're not seated and that would have been my right as speaker to do That's Nancy Pelosi. So that's back about the Iowa story that I had mentioned last week, which is insane that Congress is trying to get rid of a Republican who was duly elected, the election certified by her state, and they're trying to get the Democrat in there instead by just kicking her out of Congress. Yes. So we which have reached, is good for unity, I think. We've reached crazy town. So uh, the last thing we want to I want to hit here is uh, Jen Psaki was on with Chris Wallace today, and. The more I think about it, the more I think that that press conference by Biden was disastrous. 
It mm-hmm. really, I mean, not even, I mean, he survived and he stood upright and you know, didn't need an EMT, but it was, <laughs> his answer mm-hmm. on the filibuster was a completely cynical thing. This is something, he is Mr. Captain Filibuster. That's been his legacy, really. Right. Um, and that, for him to, that, that tells me that either one, considering it's his legacy, that either mm-hmm. one, he's succumbing to pressure. By somebody, or two, um, that he's not, he doesn't have it anymore. I think he's succumbing, not necessarily to pressure in the, you know, Mm -hmm. stick sense of carrot and stick, but more so he's succumbing to the lure of getting to be an LBJ or an FDR yeah. and roll out huge systemic change. And he's getting told by people around him, this is our chance. Like you can be the president, even if you're about to keel over and you're going to leave office in the next six months, you know, this can be your legacy. You can pass a green new deal. You can um, pass these huge infrastructure bills. You can pass a universal basic income. You can change America forever. If we get rid of the filibuster and people will always know your name and you're going to be, no matter how short your presidency was, it's going to be a huge significant presidency. If we can get rid of the filibuster. I mean, I think that's what he's succumbing to. Yeah, although unfortunately for him, his legacy is um, being written right now on the southern border. Chris Wallace sat with Jen Psaki today and once again did not go well for Psaki. And between her, between Psaki having no original ideas, Mm -hmm. no good answers, and Biden not having any as well, that's worrisome. You wonder, are there any answers to be had? In this White House, the president and you have both been at pains over these first two months to talk about how to pledge that you're going to be transparent with the American people. But but here's what he said in his news conference about allowing reporters in to see specifically the facilities that are being run by Customs and Border Patrol. Take a look. This is being set up. And you'll have full access to everything once we get this thing moving. Okay, and just to be clear, how soon will that be, Mr. President? I don't know. <laughs> the only way we know how bad conditions are for some 5,000 miners in these Border Patrol facilities is because of these pictures that members of Congress have released on their own. Jen, these kids are living in these conditions now. They're not living in these conditions some indeterminate time from now when the president says everything will be fixed. So why not allow reporters and camera crews in on a pool basis safely to take pictures and show the American people what's happening in those Border Patrol facilities right now? Chris, we're absolutely committed to that. The president's committed to that. I'm committed to that. Secretary Mayorkas is committed to that. Just last week, we had a pool a camera, including a, allowing, providing... The, the, the idea that they saw this question coming, and this is what we're getting. We're getting mm-hmm. D-minus spin. That isn't good. Somebody there should either be able to give them some new uh, vernacular tools or um, go in a different direction, or you could throw a little bit of being candid in here 
um, and throw yourself in the mercy of this. You know, this challenge has become more complicated than we thought. But they're not doing it. Right. And it's not a good look. Footage to Fox News just last week into the shelters. For her to say that when she knows that he's ready for that is also it just portends badly. We want to provide uh, access into the Border Patrol facilities. We are mindful of the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic. We want to keep these kids safe, keep the staff safe. But we, we are absolutely committed to transparency and providing access to media to the Border Patrol facilities. And we're working to get that done as soon as we can. But just to clarify, Jen, uh, that what you allowed a camera crew in to see the HHS facilities, what we're talking about here are the mm -hmm. border patrol facilities, the detentions. Mm-hmm. She says cells. The, the you know the, these. I, I, there is a law that they. Let me just finish that they are not allowed to be there for more than seventy-two hours. Many of them are there for ten days. At this point, in terms of allowing access to border patrol facilities for reporters. You are being less transparent than the Trump administration. Well, first of all, Chris, the Trump administration was turning away kids at the border, sending them back on the treacherous journey, or they were ripping kids from the arms of their parents. We're not doing that. Uh, I we no the the kids are now being pre-ripped before they get right. here because they know that they've got a straight shot at being allowed mm -hmm. entry into the country. And by the way, what she's saying about the Trump administration makes zero sense whatsoever because the whole thing with the Trump administration was the kids in cages and the ripping kids from their parents. So if they were just turning them all away at the border back on the long, dangerous journey, then where did the kids in cages even come from? How is that a thing? They're committed to allowing cameras into the Border Patrol facilities. Absolutely. I will also say we're committed to solutions. That's why I noted that we uh, and we uh, reopened or opened three facilities that have <laughs> almost 7,000 beds to allow for process solutions. Mm -hmm. These kids more quickly out of the Border Patrol facilities. We absolutely agree. These are not places for children. And our focus is on solutions and moving them as quickly as possible. We're also making sure we're processing kids more quickly at the border. Some of these kids come with a phone number in their pocket. It might be of a parent. Right. We want to make sure we're breaking through the red type and getting them to their parents as quickly as possible. <laughs> I'm so sick of hearing about the phone number in the pocket. Yes, ways out. <laughs> um, you can reach out to us on Twitter. That's at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can check out Tom's writing at TomShaddock.Substack.com. It's free right now, and um, there will always be free content on there every week. Um, you can also check us out on YouTube. That's Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel on YouTube. And you can also write us an email at burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe, write a review, comment. Say la vie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. 
Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.